Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net. Or call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon Radio Show on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and Ustream. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. 
My guest this hour, Exo Nation, is Dr. David E. Guggenheim. He is a marine scientist, con- uh, conservation policy specialist, submarine pilot, and ocean explorer. He is president of One Planet, One Ocean, a project of the Ocean Foundation where he is a senior fellow and director of its Cuba Marine Research and Conservation Program. He is currently uh, leading a major project to elevate collaboration in marine science and conservation among Cuba, Mexico, and the U.S. to a new level and leading the first-ever comprehensive research and conservation program in Cuba's Gulf of Mexico region, a joint effort with the University of Havana. Joining me now from Washington, D.C. is Dr. Guggenheim. And uh, Dr. Guggenheim, welcome to the Exxon, sir. Great pleasure having you here. Thank you, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Doctor, the big news undoubtedly around uh, the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico throughout the United States, Canada, and Central America is the disaster, the catastrophe that is happening to the waters because of the BP oil fiasco. And, and tell me, sir, since you're, since you're involved in that specific area, of the oceanographic areas, how, tell me how you feel. Tell me, tell me how you really feel. Uh, I feel the same way that that your listeners feel. I'm sure. I feel terrible. I feel that this is something that not only affects uh, an amazing mm-hmm. ecosystem, but it affects me personally. You know, we're all connected to the oceans, even if we live far inland. The oceans help us breathe every day of our lives and give us food, and um, they're just uh, an incredibly important resource. I've spent most of my career trying to protect one part or another of the Gulf of Mexico. I've spent a lot of time in, in Florida. I've worked in Mexico, and as you mentioned, I've been working in Cuba yeah. the last 10 years. And... The thing that I found about the Gulf of Mexico is that it is far more vibrant than even I could have imagined. And that makes the tragedy that much worse because it's it's not a brown, muddy cauldron where hurricanes come from. It's much more. I've seen some of the bluest, clearest water I've ever seen anywhere in the world in the Gulf of Mexico and coral reefs, whales, dolphins, birds. Um, that just, to me, is um, it makes it that much more of a tragedy. Doctor, please stand by. We have to take a commercial break. Exxon Nation, our very special guest this hour is Dr. David Guggenheim. www.1planet1ocean.org That's oneplanet1ocean.org We'll be back. You don't want to miss this hour. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.elizabeth.joyce. 
new-visions.com. Nation, Dr. David Guggenheim is our special guest, www.oneplanetoneocean.org. That's the number one, then the word planet, number one, ocean.org. Also known as the Ocean Doctor and host of Expedition Cast podcast series, Dr. Guggenheim is currently engaged in a special expedition to all 50 states visiting schools and bringing special programs about the ocean exploration and conservation to young students. So far, he's traveled more than 35,000 miles, visited 13 states, made 39 speeches, and reached more than 10,000 students in schools ranging from the uh, northernmost community in North America, Barrow, Alaska, to Maxville, Kansas, close to the geographic center of the lower 48 states to the southern tip of Florida. Once again, www.oneplanetoneocean.org. You know, Doctor, we see the images of oil-covered birds and other wildlife, but there are many impacts of this massive oil spill we're probably not seeing. What can you tell us about uh, what this oil spill is to the Gulf, and, and will it recover? Well, you know, the problem is that as, as heartbreaking as these images are of all of these birds and dolphins that we can see, mm-hmm. there's so much more that we just can't see. This is an oil spill that is impacting every, every part of the spectrum in the food chain, in that whole ecosystem fabric. And we are especially concerned about the use of dispersant because it doesn't make the oil disappear. It's not vanishing cream. It just turns it into smaller droplets, which then move further downstream and stay deep in the water where they can infiltrate the food chain either in the deep water corals, in the deep water critters that live in the bottom, or in the microscopic plankton that float in the water column. So we may be looking at a problem that is spread out over thousands of square miles and lasts for generations. The, the question of recovery, I mean, we've seen nature do some remarkable things. It's, Mother Nature is remarkably resilient, and we do hope that she can bounce back once again. But the problem is the Gulf already had a lot of problems going into this. And uh, one of those problems has been overfishing, another being a dead zone the size of the state of New Jersey due to nutrient pollution coming down the Mississippi, along with many other things. So there's concern that maybe the system just isn't as resilient as it needs to be to recover from something that is still growing in in magnitude. What happens to a lot of the species that were endangered or still are endangered in the Gulf of Mexico? How is the 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 damage, the, the pollution that is going on in the thousands of barrels each and every day going to affect the, the survival of certain species? Well, the impact to species like pelicans is pretty obvious. Now, the, we, the, pel, the brown pelican is an icon of a great success story. We protected the brown pelican, which was highly endangered back in the 60s due to DDT, and it's made a wonderful recovery all throughout the Gulf of Mexico. But you can see what happens when a pelican does what, you know, it, it, it 
needs to do for a living diving into the water when that water is covered with oil it it uh, puts itself in a very very uh, risky situation and many of them die but the the other critters that are at risk in in the Gulf of Mexico many of them are fish and and invertebrates uh, corals for example we've already lost worldwide about 25% of the world's corals uh, and in the Florida Keys for example we've lost almost 50% of those corals coral is an animal it has to make a living too it eats plankton and uses photosynthesis and the problem is this oil can enter the food chain at just about any level and as these uh, as these organisms concentrate that uh, in the food chain the toxicity of that chemical of the of the harmful mm -hmm. chemicals within the oil concentrate uh, bioaccumulate in the tissue and they biomagnify, which means the concentration grows every time something eats something smaller than it. So that's why I express concern about the fact that this could be a problem we see for generations. Now, you've described this as an international incident and have expressed concern about the oil reaching areas hundreds or thousands of miles downstream, including Cuba. Is this still a threat? Yes, in fact, earlier today, NOAA has released, the, NOAA being the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they've released their latest models that are projecting where this oil is likely to go. Hmm. Now, the problem with the model is only looking at, uh, it's primarily looking at surface oil, and it's not really taking into account the use of those dispersants. So there's a huge unknown associated with this. But uh, that being as it may, if you look at the models and where this oil is likely to go, uh, it will eventually get caught up into the loop current. And that loop current takes, takes the water and anything floating in it, such as oil, south toward the northwestern coast of Cuba before making a major turn to the east, up through the Florida Keys, the east coast of Florida, including Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and that area before heading offshore into what becomes the, uh, the current that heads over to, uh, to Europe and the, uh, the Gulf Stream. But along the way, there is likely to be significant impact because all of that oil is, as I said before, is not magically disappearing. They're only able to capture a small amount of it and that oil is is of great concern. My work has been uh, primarily in Cuba over the last 10 years. And the thing about Cuba is that it's like a time machine. It's like going back 500 years to see what Christopher Columbus saw. I was absolutely shocked to see healthy corals, the healthiest marine ecosystems I've seen anywhere. And the hope is to learn from those and learn from those about what Cuba's doing right or what's unique about its situation so we can restore corals in our own backyard and around the world. Wouldn't it be tragic if we lost those corals due to this oil spill? It certainly would. You know, we, we've also heard stories about enormous quantities of methane gas being released uh, along with the oil. Why is this of concern? Wouldn't the methane gas just float to the top of the uh, ocean and disperse in the air? Indeed, a lot of the methane does do just that. It bubbles to the surface, as you might expect. But along the journey from a mile down, a lot of that gas dissolves into the water column. And apparently, there is a significant amount of gas. Normally, you get about a 5% uh, fraction of the blowout, in, including natural gas. Here, I've heard estimates as high as 40% of what's coming out as natural gas. It's very highly concentrated. It's a carbon compound, which means it's an organic material, and it's food for hungry bacteria, which is good news because there are bacteria in the water column that are eager to eat all that stuff up along with oil. Mm -hmm. The problem is when they, when they munch on, the, on that gas and on the oil, that's a process that uses oxygen and it takes oxygen out of the water column and robs the oxygen from other cre other creatures that need it 
and, and especially creatures like fish, which have gills and breathe oxygen through their gills from the water. And as a result, you have conditions already, scientists have measured background concentrations of methane 10,000 times higher than normal, and oxygen levels in these areas have dropped to less than 25% of what's normal. And as if that weren't bad enough, there's already an area of low oxygen, this dead zone that I, that I mentioned yes. earlier. This is a dead zone, and it's caused by the same thing. It's all of this nutrient pollution, fertilizers coming from 38 of the U.S. states to Canadian provinces, 40% of the continental U.S. drains into the Mississippi, and that's a lot of nutrients and fertilizer, and those fertilizers do exactly the same thing in the Gulf of Mexico that they do on the farms and in your backyard. They make plants grow in, in the water. They make algae grow. When that algae dies, it's the same situation as oil and gas. The bacteria go to work on it, and that robs the water column of oxygen. It's the second largest dead zone in the world, second only to one in the Baltic Sea, where really nothing can live. Unbelievable. What is the, you know, with all the, with all the bacteria growing, what's the ultimate, uh, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the, the worst that can happen is, I'm afraid, is already starting to happen, and we're seeing the size of that dead zone continue to grow. And, you know, a lot of well-meaning folks have suggested, why don't we use these naturally occurring bacteria to get rid of the oil? Mm -hmm. and that makes a lot of sense, but it comes at a cost, and that's the problem of, of oxygen. Now, there's some other folks who've suggested, why don't we put bubble curtains in the water? That would serve a number of purposes. It would, it would oxygenate the water and therefore help keep the oxygen levels up. It might help prevent wildlife from going in the wrong direction, and it might actually create a physical barrier to keep oil from coming on shore. And I hear they're actually going to try this out in, uh, I believe it's Destin, Florida, uh, as a as a uh, test case, and I think it's great. Uh, the one, you know, if you've you've got to look on the bright side in a in a disaster like this, and and the one thing that I find heartening is that it's pulling us all together to to think about yeah. solutions, to think about how much we treasure these ecosystems, how much they really mean to us, and it's increasing awareness. But the way the community is pulling together, I, I think, is, is very admirable. Doctor, please stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Dr. David Guggenheim is our special guest, oneplanetoneocean.org. I'll be back with a good doctor on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob McConnell just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com and that's 99 cents US per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website 
aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our website. www.exoneradiotv.com Why do I feel like I'm losing? On this useless night With you so far away I stand in front of this Ferris wheel And I wonder what am I doing here And I wonder what am I doing And welcome back, everyone. Dr. David Guggenheim is our special guest, www.oneplanetoneocean.org. Doctor, when you're out talking to the kids in the schools uh, on this wonderful project you're on, what kind of questions do they ask you, and, and how do they react to what's going on in the Gulf? Boy, I get some great questions. In fact, I had a fourth grade class in Virginia submit 10 really creative ideas for dealing with the oil spill. And I'm just delighted that they are fully engaged in this issue. This is a, this is a life learning issue for them. It's about something that is part of their future. Unfortunately, it's a problem that they will inherit. Uh, and, um, you know, kids are very creative. Well, one of the questions I get, I get a lot of questions about sharks. And uh, it's the 35th anniversary of the movie Jaws. And my message to them, I mean, I'm surprised kids are terrified of sharks, really terrified of sharks. And I think it's a product of, of Shark Week and other sort of sensational TV that I know that these kids watch. And unfortunately, they're not getting the message that humans are a much greater threat to sharks than sharks are to humans. We've managed to kill about 90% of the world's sharks over the last 50 years. And you're about 300 times more likely to be killed by a deer than you are by a shark um, because, you know, we drive down the road and we run into deer and that can be a fatal a fatal encounter, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So part of it is undoing some of the myths and some of the fear of the oceans. I also get a lot of questions about the submarine. I pilot a small one-person submersible, and 
what I realize is kids are really curious, but they don't realize there's a sense that we've already explored everything. And they are absolutely shocked when I say, you know what? We've only explored 5% of the world's oceans. We've been busy in outer space. We yeah. know more about the backside of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean. And I say, don't ever let anybody tell you that there's nothing left to explore because you guys are the ones that are going to have to work on that other 95%. There's a lot out there to explore. And then in the same breath, I usually get a question of, of um, do I get to eat snacks when I'm in the sub? <laughs> because they can't imagine that I'm away from food for four to six hours. And uh, I think we have a bit of a snack-obsessed younger generation right now. But, uh, you know, I take that in, in stride. I think it's a, it's a fair question. Uh, but I'm, I'm very inspired by these kids. There's a great love of the oceans, even mm -hmm. in the states where I'm visiting kids and where, where half the kids have never even seen an ocean. They're already in love with it. And all we need to do is, is uh, you know, take advantage of that and really get them, you know, continue to spark their interest, give them opportunities to learn more about it. Now, how deep does your sub actually go, Doctor? And what's the deepest you've gone in your submersible? I've gone to about 2,000 feet, which is the limit of this particular sub. These are built in Vancouver, up in British Columbia, mm -hmm. by a company called Nutco. And they are the smallest submarines. It's a one-person submersible called the Deep Worker. It flies completely independently. There's no tether to the surface. You are always at one atmosphere of pressure, meaning it's the same pressure you would feel in your living room. So you don't have any of the problems with pressure that a scuba diver would. Mm -hmm. So you can go up and down. You don't feel your ears pop. You don't have to decompress. And you've got enough battery power to last uh, as I say, the average dive four to six hours. But in an emergency, you can generate enough air supply to stay down for 80 hours, wow. more than three days, which is long enough to fly a rescue helicopter or a rescue sub in from anywhere in the world if, if that were necessary. But I feel very safe in these subs. I feel a lot safer than driving on the Washington, D.C. beltway. I'll tell you that. I've been there. I've driven it. And I understand exactly what you mean. Doctor, what do you think would happen if we were to to spend all the resources that we spend, and I'm talking about worldwide, on space exploration and concentrate on the oceans? There's a, a, an interesting question there because... It might have gone that way had it not been for the Cold War. It, it, believe it or not, it was 50 years ago this year, we celebrated here in Washington 50 years ago that Don Walsh and French explorer Jacques Picard made their historic dive in a bathyscaphe to the bottom of the deepest part of the ocean in the Mariana Trench, seven miles down, which is like if you climbed Mount Everest, there would, uh, if you put Mount Everest at the bottom of that, that trench and climbed to the top, there would still be another mile of water on top mm -hmm. of your head. That's how deep that is. They made this historic journey 1960, and we've never been back. And there are no submarines in the world that can go even half of that depth today. And it really illustrates that we have focused our attentions elsewhere, and we associate exploration, the final frontier, with outer space. Now, space exploration, I've been a big fan of, and I would, I would be careful about taking money away from the space program, but I sure would like to see it more in balance because there are so many mysteries. Yeah. Every expedition I've been on, including in the Gulf of Mexico, we've pulled up new species uh, things that no human eyes have ever seen before. And I worry that with this oil spill, these animals will be gone before we can ever even discover them. 
It must, uh, when you're down in your, in your submersible, have you come across any life form that has never been seen before? Uh, several times. Uh, in the Bering Sea, I was on an expedition actually along with Greenpeace. It was a partnership of Greenpeace and NOAA. An interesting partnership on the uh, uh, Greenpeace ship Esperanza looking at deep sea corals. And these are corals. We usually associate corals with the tropics, but corals grow all over the world and even in cold water. They are the oldest living animals on the planet. They can live up to 4,000 years old. And it's an amazing sight to get down to 2,000 feet and see these beautiful they look like little trees of pink and orange and and various colors all all over the place. You know, it makes you really appreciate that even in the darkest corners in the cold water, that life can flourish. The problem up there is that we um, we see trawlers going through, dragging the bottom. It's essentially strip mining the bottom and killing those corals in the blink of an eye, what may have taken centuries to, to grow. But they, uh, during that expedition, we found a new species of sponge, which is a s colonial animal that we associate with doing the dishes, but it's a, it's a, it's a very important animal to that, that ecosystem. And we found corals that had never been documented in the Bering Sea before. And so that was, uh, that was very exciting. In the Gulf of Mexico, about five years ago, we found a giant nudibranch. It's the size of a dinner plate, and a nudibranch is essentially a sea slug, it's a giant snail with no shell, and it was purple. It was this big purple blob, and then we realized, hey, that, that thing has antennae. Hmm. It's got two little antennae, and, you know, everybody's scratching their heads saying, never saw it before. <laughs> so, you know... It's what keeps you young. I mean, and it also, I've always said that exploration and conservation go hand in hand because the more you explore and the more you find, the more you realize uh, that so much is at risk if we don't take care of it. So much of the deep that we thought was um, dead is thriving with life. Something I, I, I read where uh, you said, uh, where you actually did a blog, and it's entitled, Want to Help the Gulf Kill Your Lawn. What's that about? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a provocative title, but when you look at this giant dead zone, well, let me back up and just say that I, I talk to a lot of people, and there's an amazing amount of frustration. You know, we're all watching this, this leak day after day. Yeah. Uh, this plume of oil erupting into the Gulf, and we feel helpless. We feel like there's nothing we can do about it. Some people have donated hair. Some people have donated money. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but I was thinking about the fact that here we've got this enormous dead zone that's getting larger, and we've got 38 U.S. states and a bit of Saskatchewan and Alberta also connected directly to the Gulf of Mexico, along with the Gulf states themselves. And most of these homes in those areas have lawns, because back in the 1800s, we became infatuated with what was going on in Europe and in England, and everybody had lawns. And mm -hmm. there was a, uh, this, this sense that we all needed to outcompete our neighbors and have the greenest lawn on the block. But we're using so much fertilizer and water and all of that ends up in our water bodies and much of it ends up in the Gulf and is contributing to the problem. So I was using the example of a wonderful program in Florida called the Florida Yards and Neighborhoods Program, which is working in conjunction with the government and it's donating to citizens free information and free training on how to replant your lawn uh, with native vegetation, which the beauty is you don't have to water or fertilize it because it's native. It, it's already used to living there. It's, it's, it's an ideal solution and it actually attracts wildlife. And imagine if, if many of us 
did this, mm-hmm. it would it would really make a difference. And it's it's one thing we can literally do in our own backyards that can help the Gulf of Mexico. Exo Nation, our special guest this hour is Dr. David Guggenheim. And uh, his website is www.oneplanetoneocean.org. If the President of the United States was to call you up, Doctor, and say, Dr. David, I'm putting you in charge of the cleanup of the Gulf of Mexico because of your qualifications, what would you do? How would you handle that task? That would be a scary phone call um, because that's a huge responsibility. But I'll tell you, the first thing I would do would be to stop using these dispersants. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a huge mistake. It's, it, the problem is it's an uncontrolled experiment. It's never been done before. We've never applied dispersants at depth. And I am very concerned that we are simply displacing the problem. We may be keeping a little more oil off some of the beaches, but we're sending it further south and into many other different kinds of ecosystems as a a consequence. Um, The other thing that I would do is I would, you know, I would certainly ramp up the efforts. It seems that we have a huge number of people with vessels, with two hands, with big hearts who want to help, but there's nothing to really you know, latch onto for these folks. There's no place to go, no place to sign up. There's a few conservation organizations doing great work. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a Vessel of Opportunity program that NOAA has, which is great. But I think that we could kick that up a notch and really harness the passion and the the volunteerism that that exists in this country to, to get things done. I agree. Doctor, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. ExoNation, it's been a great hour with our guest this uh, hour, Dr. David Guggenheim. Uh, www.oneplanetoneocean.org. That's the number one, then planet, the number one, ocean.org. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Once again, for more information on Dr. David Guggenheim, www.oneplanetoneocean.org. Don't go away. just stumble by and mumble their Tell me what is the use And I wonder what am I doing With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com that's www.wentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com
Hi, this is Rob McConnell just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com and that's 99 cents US per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Nation, Dr. David Guggenheim is our special guest, oneplanetoneocean.org. What about the seafood in the Gulf, Doctor? Is it safe? Well, at this point, the, uh, the authorities have closed down a significant portion of, of the Gulf to mm-hmm. fishing because it's believed that those fish are, are toxic right. uh, and shellfish. Uh, that's about a third of the, the fishing areas. But again, this is a long-term issue. And even if the government declares seafood safe to eat, I'm afraid that you know the, the consumers are, are a fickle bunch yeah. and easily scared off. This could have long-term implications for the Gulf of Mexico and its fishing industry. One of the things I've proposed is that we take a look at the newest technology for growing fish on land as a way to help that industry recover and create an adjunct that is sustainable. These are systems, these are systems mm. that are used in, uh, in Europe and in Asia and Australia, not so much in the Americas yet, but think of it as a large water treatment mm. facility with a fish tank. It recirculates yeah. 99% of its water, no chemicals or antibiotics, and no discharge, and they can be put inland, close to where the fish is going to be consumed. And uh, I've seen these systems as small as little backyard systems, as and as large in, in Denmark, I saw one that was 1,000 tons per year, supplying wow. 20% of the eel to the European market. They really love eel over there. I don't know why. It's a, it's a festive fish around uh, the holidays. Instead of eating turkey, they eat uh, eel. Or like they do now but, in, in uh, I think, where is it, uh, Oregon, where they're killing off the Canadian geese? <laughs> anyway, oh, that's I another... Really, I didn't hear that. Yeah, there, there's a park in Oregon in one of the cities. I forget which one it is. 
that uh, they, there's so many Canadian geese that are defecating on their parks. They they killed 150 of them, I believe, and they gave the meat to the uh, to the homeless. Well, how about that? <laughs> well, um, I'm sorry, you didn't you know, mean to get what, you off track. No, no, I'm gonna. Uh, what I was gonna mention is that just recently I've been spending time in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, and the British Columbian government and uh, local business community and the seafood industry have all gotten together to address the fact that there are opportunities to grow salmon on land and keep that region in the salmon business and and i think that's a great model for uh for the gulf of mexico so what i'm hoping to do in the next few weeks is to have a a strategic workshop in the gulf region to kind of pull some bright minds together and look at this and see if we can't get that region to rebuild itself a whole new industry called a whole new industry called fish uh, fish farming doctor i want to thank you so much for joining us great pleasure look forward to the next time you're here with us in the exxon and from the planet earth to you doctor thank you for all the wonderful things that you're doing thanks so much my great pleasure sir we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past as we continue right here in the exxon my name is rob mcconnell don't go away His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 